This episode of the Everyday Style School podcast is brought to you by the Winter Capsule Wardrobe Guide. If you're tired of wasting money on clothes you never wear or struggling to put outfits together each morning, the Winter Capsule Guide can help you get dressed in a whole new way. By showing you how to make over 150 outfits out of just 34 pieces, the Capsule Guide will save you time, save you money, save your morning sanity, and give you more style and confidence than you can imagine. Head over to youreverydaystyle.com to get your guide now, and don't forget to use code SAVE15 at checkout to take $15 off of your first Capsule Guide purchase. Hurry, though. The Winter Guide retires December 31st. Well, hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Everyday Style School, where we believe style can be easy and getting dressed should be fun. I'm your host, Jennifer Mary, and today, in our last official episode of 2019, you never know, there could be something fun coming, we are talking about things you should let go of this year. Like always, I'm going to share a few practical things, as well as a few mindset issues that should be ditched before we ring in the new year. In vocabulary, we're talking about elastane, and in current events, I'm talking about the newly announced color of the year for 2020. In Lessons from Linda, I'm sharing the story of a Linda who was super disappointed with our shopping trip together until she got home and discovered that I was right all along. Before we get started, let's check on your homework from last episode. Last time we were together, I challenged you to focus on one of my five tips for making your wardrobe look more expensive. I'd love to hear which one you did in the Everyday Style Lounge. And if you didn't do it yet, as always, there's still time. I loved hearing from a couple of listeners who didn't realize the condition of their clothing was affecting their overall look so much. So thank you for sharing, ladies. And yes, that is a huge one to start with. Condition makes a big, big impact on how expensive you look. All right, let's kick things off as we always do with Lessons from Linda. Today's Linda reached out to me like so many Lindas have before because her look just wasn't coming together. She felt frumpy all the time. She kept shopping, but she didn't feel like she looked any better, which I hear that story quite a bit. This Linda told me she didn't want to spend the time and money to have me go through her wardrobe, and she just wanted to jump to shopping. Like I've said before, that's totally fine with me. Some women are rebuilding from scratch and they don't really have enough for me to look at to make it worth their investment. And there are other women who are shopping for a specific purpose and we don't really need to look at everything. However, for women who just have this general wardrobe malaise, shopping without knowing what they already have is kind of like flying blind. So I do a couple of things to help the session go better. First, I have my shopping-only Lindas make a list of pieces they own and love. Then I have them make a list of pieces in order of priority that they want to make sure they go home with because I want to make sure we spend our time and our budget on things that are most important for them. The second thing I have them do is wear their best jeans, and I may have told you this before. Wearing their best best to them, jeans, tells me so much about what's going on in their closets. It tells me how they feel about wardrobe quality. It tells me their understanding of fit. It tells me a lot about their personal style. I learned so much from just that one pair of jeans. So this Linda showed up to our session with her shopping list in hand and her very best jeans on her body. Her list of pieces that she loved was 100% tops. She had listed about 10 tops that she truly loved. Her list of pieces to buy was 90% tops and a couple of pairs of shoes. Not one pair of pants, not one pair of jeans on either list. 
We talked about our budget, which was really tight and didn't allow for much deviation from the plan or any extras, which again, totally fine. Frankly, I love a good budget challenge. So then I got to take a good critical look at her best jeans. Friends, they were not good. They were not good at all. They were way too big in the butt and the legs, and they were too small in the waist, which gave her both saggy booty and muffin top. They were bagging at the knees and pooling around her ankles and shoes. The jeans that I I could feel the material had been a stretch fabric at one time, but they were so worn out that the fabric just had no life left in them, and they just kind of hung listlessly. In my closet, I always say, my jeans gave up. That's what I call them when my jeans, you know, they used to be stretchy. They used to come back to their shape, but then one day they just gave up. That that was these jeans. Her top, on the other hand, was so adorable. It was super cute. It was unique. It was interesting. And it was really, really flattering. Now, you have to remember, she did not have jeans on her list. She didn't have any pants. All she wanted was tops. So she really thought she was okay in in the bottoms department. She also didn't have the budget to add a new pair of jeans to the list. So I just had to be super honest and tell her that the jeans she had on weren't doing her any favors. And I thought her whole wardrobe could really use at least one pair of kick-ass jeans that made her look and feel like a million bucks. I had to say to her, maybe we buy fewer tops and reallocate that budget to jeans. She was not thrilled about that idea since she really wanted to go home with pieces that made her wardrobe look new and fresh, like she had gone out and been shopping with a stylist. But I asked her to trust me, and she did. We spent close to two hours out of our three hours together, so two-thirds of our time was spent finding two pair of jeans that were absolute perfection on her. She had a challenging body to fit, and because we were working with such a tight budget, our options were really limited. She kept asking if we could start shopping for tops, and I just kept saying, please stick with me just a little bit longer. Let's just nail the bottoms, and then we can move on to tops. And she did. She stuck with me, and and she trusted me. And she went home with two pairs of jeans, one pair of black pants, no shoes at all, and maybe two or three tops, not many. At the end of our session, I could tell she was not happy. And I said, just tell me how you're feeling. And she admitted she was disappointed in her our time together, that she didn't have tops. All she got was pants. She didn't feel like she was going to go home with that new fresh wardrobe she wanted. I asked her to go home and try on the tops she already had with the new bottoms we bought and let me know if her wardrobe felt any different. Here's why. I knew someone who showed up in a top as cute and flattering as the one she was wearing to our shopping trip had more just like it in her closet. There isn't like one great thing in your wardrobe and the rest is just a disaster. It doesn't happen like that. When she showed up, she did look frumpy. Even though the top was cute, she looked frumpy. But as soon as we put better pants on her, that top looked even more amazing and she looked amazing. So she emailed me about a week later and she told me that she felt like she had a whole new wardrobe and she'd actually returned the tops we bought because she had so many great tops and bought more pants and jeans instead. There is just one thing to take away from my experience with this, Linda. Just one moral of this story. Here it is. Your wardrobe problems are almost always in your pants. I know that sounds a little dirty, and you know I don't mean it that way, but not having enough tops is rarely the problem. 
Here's what happens. Tops are easy to buy, right? We don't have to take off our shoes to try on tops. They're just easy. They're easier to fit. They're less expensive. And we can generally tell if they look good on us or not in a way that we can't with pants. Also, we have this idea that tops make a bigger impact in our wardrobe, which you could see with this with this Linda. We think that people notice them more, that the tops define our style. It isn't often that we say, you know, I'm going out tonight. Let me stop by the store and pick up a new pair of pants. No, it's always let me pick up a cute top, right? But what happens is over time, we don't put the care into buying bottoms that we need to. We kind of treat them like an afterthought, and then we wonder why we still look frumpy, and no matter what we buy, our look doesn't come together. It's the pants. When your bottoms are shabby and ill-fitting, it doesn't matter what's happening on the top. Your look isn't going to come together. You're you're not going to look stylish. Lack of bottoms also causes what I like to call closet gridlock. I see a lot of women who buy these cute date night tops or going out tops or, or blazers that are a little trendy or whatever it is, but then they don't have decent bottoms to hold up to those cute tops, so they never wear the tops. If you want a better wardrobe, start with the bottoms. Don't buy another top until you fix the bottoms. You will be shocked at how much more you have to wear. All right, let's move on to word of the week. This week's vocabulary word is elastane. Elastane is spelled E-L-A-S-T-A-N-E. Elastane is a synthetic fiber that is almost always blended with other things to make a garment stretchy. You will very, very rarely see a 100% elastane garment, probably never. You probably know this fabric best by its two other names, which are spandex and lycra. They are all the same, so if you see one of those on a label, you know exactly what we're talking about. You'll find elastane in clothing that is made to be form-fitting, like athletic wear or bras, socks, jeans, underwear, pretty much any item that is meant to fit your body and have a little give to it has some elastane, spandex, or lycra in it. Elastane can actually stretch up to eight times its original size. So the more elastane is in the fabric blend, the stretchier it's going to be. Spandex is actually an anagram of the word expands, which is a fun little piece of trivia. And yes, I am a ton of fun at parties in case you're wondering. All right, here are the good things about elastane. First of all, stretchy. And we love our stretch, don't we? I know I do. Also, this fabric is moisture wicking and it's breathable, which makes it great for athletic gear. And um, it can put that stretch into your clothes without making it really, really heavy. Here's what's not so great about elastane, spandex, and lycra. First, it's prone to pilling. So like I talked about in my last episode, fabrics today don't hold up as well as they used to. And this is one reason you're starting to see this fiber put into so many things. The more we see this fabric used, the more we're going to see pilling. Make sure you're taking care of your items made with elastane, spandex, and lycra and removing those pills with a sweater shaver or fabric comb when you start to see them and not letting them get built up. The other thing, and this is the big one, this is what I want you to take away from this vocabulary word, is that Elastane and her sisters are not heat tolerant. Every single time you wash items with Elastane in hot water, you're degrading that fiber. 
Every single time you put elastane in the dryer on anything higher than low, you are degrading that fiber. Actually, if you have items you love that contain elastane, I wouldn't put them in the dryer at all. I would hang those to dry. This is the fastest way to ruin the stretch in your clothes. And do you remember when I said Linda's pants, Linda's jeans had just given up? This is what happened. She had washed that the stretchy jean and dried it so many times that the elastane, which holds your the shape of your jean, it just it just gave out. So does this mean you should avoid elastane, lycra, and spandex? Nope, not at all. You probably couldn't if you tried. But it does mean that you have to know why it's in your clothes to add the stretch without adding the weight and how to take care of it, which is get rid of those pills as they come up, wash it in cold preferably, but maybe warm and dry on low. And that's how you take care of your your spandex, elastane, lycra things. The more you know, the better you can do. All right, let's head over to current events. Today's news item usually causes a little flurry of people posting about it every single year, frankly, without knowing what the heck it means. I used to get tagged in these posts a lot, but over time it's less and less, and maybe because I've talked about it enough and people know I just don't care anymore, I don't know what it is. But I am talking about the Pantone Color of the Year announcement. Yay! This announcement comes out in December each year and tells us, well, something. We'll we'll get to that. First, what or who is Pantone? Pantone is a company. What do they do? Well, this is directly from their website, and the link is in the show notes. If you want to read more about Pantone, head over there. Ready? I'm quoting here. Pantone provides a universal language of color that enables color-critical decision through every stage of the workflow for brands and manufacturers. More than 10 million designers and producers around the world rely on Pantone products and services to help define, communicate, and control color from inspiration to realization, leveraging advanced X-Rite technology to achieve color consistency across various materials and finishes for graphics, fashion, and product design. So yeah, there's there's that. They're in charge of color, basically. Again, go to their website. You can figure it out on your own. However, one part of their business is called the Pantone Color Institute, which is, and again, I quote, a consulting service within Pantone that forecasts global color trends and advises companies on color in brand identity and product development for the application and integration of color as a strategic asset recognized around the world as a leading source of color information through seasonal trend forecast, custom color development, and palette recommendation for product and corporate identity, Pantone Color Institute partners with global brands to leverage the power, psychology, and emotion of color in their design strategy. Do we have that all cleared up now? Good. Glad. Okay. As part of this Color Institute, every December, the Color Institute announces the color of the year for the upcoming year. So we're talking 2020. What we think this is, and probably why we get so excited about being in the know, is the color we'll see in stores everywhere the next year and what we'll all be wearing. I only got one tag this year on on the color of the year announcement, and it was to see if I'd be using 2020's color of the year in the spring capsule. Short answer, probably not. And here's why. The color of the year is determined by a few factors. First, what the research team has been seeing trending in all design over the last year, from automotive design to industrial design to interior design, and yes, fashion design, meaning higher-end designer runway stuff. 
you already know from the hundred times I've talked about this on the show, that what's happening on runways today is not necessarily what you'll be wearing next week or even next season. It takes a bit. And we'll come back to that idea in a moment. But here's the other thing about how the color of the year is chosen. Pantone says the color of the year is, and I'm quoting again, a color snapshot of what we see taking place in our global culture that serves as an expression of a mood and an attitude. This part is pretty subjective and predictive rather than just looking at the top trends and reporting which colors are being used most often. I think there's a tenuous correlation between that concept and what you're going to be seeing at Loft in three months at best. Now, I'm not saying you're not going to see the color of the year there, but I don't think it's a slam dunk. Also, it's been my experience that the color of the year does eventually show up in stores in a major way, but it doesn't happen the next season or even the next year. Let's take emerald, for example. Emerald was the color of the year in 2013, but it wasn't everywhere in mainstream everyday stores until like 2018, 2019. I think really this summer and fall, we started seeing emerald kind of everywhere, but it was color of the year six years ago. The other thing to keep in mind is that no color is really revolutionary. The color emerald green existed in 2013. It existed in 2012 and 2014, and all the years before and all the years after it was named Color of the Year. Pretty much every color is out there at any given time. The only difference is when it shows up as a trend, or as I like to say, is having a moment. Let's talk about coral. Living Coral was named the Pantone Color of the Year for the year 2019. Last spring, I heard overheard a woman in Macy's. She was talking to her daughter, and she was holding up a coral sweater. And she said, the reason there's so much coral in the store is because it was named the color of the year. Okay. Or it was because it was spring when, co- when coral is always everywhere. This isn't a new color, this pinky orange hue that we see. It's around every single year, and it really hasn't hit critical mass yet. We're going to have to wait a couple of years to see if it actually does. So what is the color of the year for 2020? Pantone has chosen Classic Blue. That's the name of it, Classic Blue. Here's why it was chosen, and again, I'm quoting, Instilling calm, confidence, and connection, this enduring blue hue highlights our desire for a dependable and stable foundation on which to build as we cross the threshold into a new era, end quote. Got that one? All right. This year's color choice is actually a little controversial. If you Google color of the year 2020, you will find a lot of speculation that the choice is a political one, being the signature color of the Democratic Party and seeing as 2020 is going to be an interesting election year for sure. Now, Pantone says that their choice does not signal an endorsement, has nothing to do with politics, but lots of articles on both sides beg to differ, and I will leave that for you to decide. So bottom line, long story short, classic blue is the Pantone color of the year for 2020. What does that mean for you right now? Honestly, nothing. If you're into classic blue, go buy some classic blue for your house or your wardrobe. There are plenty of blue items out there right now because because it's blue. Blue is always in the stores. If blue isn't your bag, don't worry. I feel confident in making the prediction that classic blue will not 
be the dominant color this spring or even summer any more than it already would have been. We always see a lot of blue in spring, but at least now you know what the color of the year is, who picked it, and whether that's all we'll be wearing come March and next year everyone's posting the color of the year. You can just say, yeah, no big deal. Who cares? There you go. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk about the things you should let go of as 2019 comes to a close. This is the last episode that I'll be telling you about the Winter 2019 Capsule Guide. And if you've been holding out because you're worried that it's too late in the season to get the full value out of it, let me tell you that is so not true. There's lots of winter left. And after the sparkle and shine of the holidays are over, we head into the gray, dreary, cold months. And who doesn't need a pick-me-up when the weather is gloomy? This capsule helps you get dressed for holiday parties, absolutely, but it also helps you look and feel stylish in the middle of January. Plus, you'll have a guide to take advantage of all the post-holiday sales. And if you've already got your guide, you know how easy and fun it makes getting dressed. Why not give a digital gift card to a woman who would love the gift of effortless style? The guide and the gift cards are available on my website at youreverydaystyle.com, but only for a few more days. The winter guide is retiring December 31st, so hurry. Make this the season you love the way you look. And now back to the show. Friends, the new year is coming quick. Doesn't it feel like 2019 just flew by? It always seems like time goes faster the older I get. So I want to talk about things that we can let go of as we close out 2019 and we move into 2020. I am not a fan of New Year's resolutions. I don't think anyone has ever really made one and stuck to it longer than like February 3rd. Probably not many people. And if, if you are one of those resolution people who sticks to it, please let me know about your story. I would love to hear it. So instead of sharing style resolutions that you should make in 2020, I want to talk about things you should get rid of in 2019. Some of these are thoughts and habits, which you know I think are super important to having great style, and some are actual physical things. I love a mix of practical and philosophical. I want you to think about going into a new year, like moving into a new house. Before you move, you want to get rid of all the things that aren't serving you, right? You don't want to pack them up, you know, things that you don't need or like. You don't want to pack them up and carry them with you to the new house, only to unpack them and start off with clutter you didn't need when you had a chance for a fresh start. That's what I want these last two weeks to be for you, the opportunity to get rid of what's not working, mental and physical, so that you can step into 2020 lighter with room for things and energy that actually does serve you. So here, as we close out 2019, is what I would like to leave you behind. I've got five of them. First of all, anything that requires more work to wear than you're willing to do. Anything that requires more work to wear than you're willing to do. An easy example would be those pants that you've been meaning to have hem for like the last three years, but you've just never gotten around to it. Or that sweater you think would be really pretty in a different color, but you've never even looked at fabric dye. If you are not willing to put in the effort to be able to wear them, let them go. A tailor is not going to sneak into your house and hem your pants. Your sweater is not a magical color-changing unicorn. You need to put in the work into making those things happen. If it's been years and you haven't done it, you're not going to. It's that simple. Let them go. But there's a bigger issue here, and that is all the stuff you're hanging on to because you're going to fit back into it someday. Friends, I have said it before, someday isn't on the calendar. It doesn't exist. And unless you're willing to do 
And if unless you're actually doing what it would take to wear those things again, just let them go. This fall, I was changing over my closet from warm weather clothes to cold weather clothes, and I came across a box of shorts that I kind of lost when we moved in 2018. In it were five pair of old navy pixie chino shorts. Those are my favorite fit ever. These five pairs were a size eight. I am not a size eight any longer. I pulled a pair out and I marveled at how tiny they were for me anyway. And then I thought about what I did to get into those size eight shorts. In January, I am doing an episode on the connection between weight and wardrobe. Spoiler alert, there does not have to be one. And in that episode, I'll be sharing my story. But for now, I will tell you that I was hardcore keto, which is like zero carb for me. It was it was under 20 a day for two and a half years. And I was fasting three to four days per week. I looked at those shorts and I remembered how every single thought revolved around food and when to eat and when not to eat for over two years. And I immediately threw the shorts into the donate pile. Could I get back into them? Yeah, I could. Am I willing to do what it takes? No, not currently. And when I am, Old Navy will sell those shorts for $12 again. They will. They have them every single season. But in the meantime, I'm not going to hang on for clothes to clothes for some day. I am going to build a wardrobe for today. In January, I'm going to challenge you to get real about your thoughts on your body and your wardrobe, but for now, I just want you to get rid of the clothes that would require you to do more than you're willing to do right now. I promise you, you won't miss them and you'll actually feel good about getting rid of them. The second thing I want you to ditch is the idea that you can't be stylish because... And go ahead and fill in the blank with your own because. Because you don't have enough money. Because you don't have enough time. Because you have little kids. Because you work from home and don't go anywhere. Because you have tricky feet and can't find cute shoes. All of those are ways of saying, loving the way I look isn't a priority right now. If you can say that line and feel good about it, great. There's no shame in not having style be a priority. We juggle and switch up our priorities all the time. But if you actually want style and you want to love the way you look, you need to drop the excuses plain and simple. If you're short on budget, buy fewer things, hit up thrift shops, do clothing swaps. If you don't have time, girl, get a capsule guide. I think the biggest benefit of a wardrobe plan is that you don't have to spend time figuring it out. You don't have to figure out what to buy, how to put it together, all of that stuff. It's done for you. If you've got little kids, drop that excuse right now. This is one that I I honestly can't understand anymore. We live in the age of athleisure athleisure, ladies, where you can look chic and stylish in gym clothes that can all go in the washer and dryer. Like there's no more excuse on that one anymore. You work from home and you don't go anywhere. How about getting dressed just for you so that you feel better, so that you're more productive? And spoiler alert, when you like the way you look, you might even want to get out a little bit more, which is very, very good for the psyche. As someone who works from home 24-7 alone with her husband all the time can tell you. All right. You can't find cute shoes. Again, girl, I have the trickiest feet imaginable, and yet I have cute shoes. I don't have the biggest shoe collection. It takes me a little bit longer to find brands that work, and each pair costs more than I'd like, but it doesn't stop me. Whatever your reason or whatever your excuse is, there is a solution for it. That is the most beautiful thing I think about the landscape of style and fashion right now, that whatever you need, it is out there. You just have to commit to finding it. The only question is, do you want to put in the the effort and the time to solve it. If you do, great, get on that. 
If you don't, that's fine too, but stop saying you can't have a style you love. Simply say it isn't a priority and move on with your life. Let it go until you are ready. All right, the next one is anything you think you might wear someday, and someday is in air quotes. I know this one feels a little redundant, but this time I'm talking about the things you can wear that you do fit into, but you choose not to, but also won't part with. That scratchy sweater you keep because someday it might be 40 below and you need a heavy sweater. The jeans that don't feel current, but might come back in style someday. Again, there is no someday, and the clothing apocalypse you're preparing for is never coming. It just isn't. There won't come a day where everything you love is destroyed in an act of God, leaving nothing but your backup wardrobe. And you think, oh my goodness, thank God I didn't listen to that crazy lady on the internet because I'd be totally naked right now. Nope, it's not going to happen. As a matter of fact, the best day to clean out your closet is when you need to do laundry so bad that you have, quote unquote, nothing to wear. If you feel like you can't get dressed because all your jeans are dirty, go to your closet and chuck all the jeans that are sitting there. I know that stack of like six pairs of jeans that you don't want to wear that you're saving for someday. Your someday has arrived in that moment and you still don't want to wear them. Let them go. I get a little heated on that one. All right. The next thing to get rid of is your shoulds. I've talked before about how the word should is ruining our style and our wardrobes. And in this one, I want you to get rid of your mental shoulds and the physical pieces you bought because you should. For example, on every list, you will find someone that says you should have a black suit. I've lived the last 20 years without one, and I seem to be doing okay. Or maybe someone convinced you that you should dress more trendy, but you love a more classic look. In this case, ditch the mindset that says you should conform to anyone's idea of what you should wear or how you should look, and also ditch the pieces that you bought trying to be trendy. You probably never wear them anyway because you think you look silly in them. Your shoulds are covering up your personal style, and you've got to let them go. I'll never forget the woman who came up to me after I'd finished speaking at an event. She had the most gorgeous boho style. Seriously, it was like if anthropology and free people had a baby. It was so on point. It it looked like catalog ready. Anyway, she told me that she always felt a little bad about herself when she went out with friends. They all had Capitol Hill, DC type jobs and dressed in beautiful suits and heels where she'd rather wear dresses and booties. She felt like they looked so much more classy and elegant than she did. She asked me if she should have a couple of suits on hand for meeting up with them. I asked her how she felt in suits and her face said it all, like just fell. And she told me they made her miserable. Then I asked, how do you feel about the outfit you're wearing today? And her face lit up. She said, I love this dress. And I told her she had her answer. She shouldn't be or shouldn't wear anything other than who she wanted to be and what she wanted to wear. She told me she just needed permission to keep wearing her boho dresses. So if you need permission to let go of your shoulds, here it is. Let them go. Just be you. Wear what you love. The last thing on the list that needs to go is anything that makes you feel bad about yourself. Have you ever had an uncomfortable bra? Like all day long, it is poking you in the boob or in the armpit or it's sliding off your shoulders. And instead of chucking it at the end of the day like you should, somehow it ends right back up in the lingerie drawer. Anybody else have one of those? I know you do. I'm guessing you have clothes like that too. That top that you wear that always makes you feel kind of frumpy 
why does it end up back in the closet? It's not you. It's the top and it needs to go. That dress, that oh, that color that you feel washed out in, let it go. Life is too short to wear clothes that make you feel bad. Whatever it is about them that doesn't make you feel fab isn't going to change. Don't go through another day feeling washed out or frumpy or uncomfortable. And yes, also in this category, again, are the clothes that you're not wearing because they don't fit. I'm on a mission for 2020 to have you guys get rid of these things. So if you look at those shorts that don't fit and you feel bad about it, they need to go. Clothes that don't fit mock you in the morning, but they don't motivate you during the day. I'll say that one again. Clothes that don't fit mock you in the morning, but they don't motivate you during the day. If you go into your closet and you feel bad about yourself because of the pieces that are in there, they need to go. I don't care if you end up with six things to wear. If you are just left with six things to wear, you're probably only wearing those six things anyway. Get rid of the things that make you feel bad. I I promise you, you will not miss any of them and you will feel so much better once you get rid of them. Okay, those are the five things you should let go of in 2019. And I told you I was not a big resolution person, but if I was going to make style resolutions here, very quickly are the five I would make. Are you ready? I'm going to go through them fast. Number one, give yourself permission to like what you like and wear what you like the heck with everybody else. What What anyone else thinks of you is none of your concern. You go ahead and be the mom at the bus stop in the leather leggings if that feels good to you. Chances are they're not judging you. They wish they were you. Number two, build a wardrobe you love regardless of how you feel about your body. You do not have to love your butt to love your jeans. You really don't. Just buy the great jeans. And in the process, you might even learn to love your butt a little bit more. It's funny how that happens. Number three, do not buy one more thing you don't love. From underwear to outerwear, if you don't love it, don't buy it. I'm not telling you need to get rid of everything that doesn't spark joy, but in 2020, make a commitment to not putting a single thing in your closet or your drawers that you don't love. And remember, if the thing you love most about the item is the price, put it down. That is the worst reason to buy something. Number four, get dressed every morning. You want to get more out of life? Get dressed early. Note, I did not say get dressed up. I just said get properly dressed. I really wish more women would take my advice on this one. It's absolutely life-changing. You get up, get dressed, see the difference in your day. Finally, number five, save up to invest in one piece you've always wanted. Look at this as a year-long project. Every time you get the urge to buy something you don't need or to buy the same tea in four colors, set that money aside for something you've always wanted, whether it's a bag or a jacket or a watch that you've always had your eye on but you didn't think you could afford. You will be shocked at how much closer you are at this time next year if you pass on the things that don't really matter. There you have it, five things to let go of and five resolutions that are actually worth making. Your homework this week is a two-parter. First, I want you to think about the mindset issues I'm challenging you to ditch, such as why you can't have the style you want. Uh, I want you to think about your shoulds, and I want you to think about why you're hanging on to the things that aren't serving you. Let go of the mindset issues you're ready to let go of and just be aware of the ones you're not ready to part with yet. Second, I want you to set a 20-minute timer and comb your closet for things that require more work than you're willing to do, things that make you feel bad, the things you bought because you should, and your someday clothing apocalypse wardrobe. 
donate them all and let them serve someone else. After you've done those, head over to the Style Lounge and let us know how your homework went this time around. That's it, everyone. I will see you next year. That sounds crazy. I wish you the happiest of holidays and a safe and stylish new year. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Everyday Style School podcast. Class is dismissed for the day, but if you'd like to continue the conversation, head over to my free Facebook group, the Everyday Style Lounge. You can also visit my website for show notes, downloads, and links to resources we discussed during the episode. Go to youreverydaystyle.com forward slash podcast. Finally, be sure to subscribe to The Style School wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, I'd love if you'd leave a review and even share with your friends. Thanks so much. We'll see you back in class next week.